0: Good afternoon Crossroads. It's great to be with each and every one of you um, here on the Lord's Day in September in Brooklyn at Crossroads Christian Church. Super excited uh, to get the opportunity. Um, I know it doesn't happen often in my role where I am up front of you for multiple weeks in a row, but that's exactly what we are starting today. Um, Today, we're going to begin a three-week vision series here at Crossroads, and it's based on the three core values of our church, knowing Christ through the scriptures, growing together as a family, and going into the world to make disciples of Jesus. And each week, what we are going to do is we are going to go through the scriptures together to better understand the why behind each core value and to see how these core values are aligned with God's mission for his people. These core values of Crossroads are our way, just like every church has a way, these are our way of articulating who we are and what we are to be about as a church. So each week as we examine the scriptures, I will try to give you real life, on the ground level application uh, for each core value for you to take with you and to begin living out in your everyday life together. So are you ready? Should we get started? Let's dive into our first core value here at Crossroads, and that is knowing Christ through the scriptures. I'm going to read to you from our website. We have a page on our website that talks about our statement of beliefs and our core values. So I'm going to read what it says about this core value. It says, we are a community of people learning to be with Jesus and become like Jesus in the everyday realities of life. We believe the deepest desires of the human heart and our city can only be satisfied in a transformational encounter with Jesus Christ. Therefore, we will work to ensure that we know, believe, and apply what Jesus taught and accomplished. So as our first core value states, we want to know the Christ of the scriptures, the Bible at crossroads and, at, and and as Christians we look to the Bible to know who Jesus is. Now, you might ask, and it's an obvious question, why do we need the Bible to tell us who Jesus is? Why can't we determine that on our own? Why can't we look elsewhere? Why can't we go to other sources for this information? After all, we know that Jesus is mentioned in history books. We know that philosophy professors talk about Jesus. Sociology professors, world religion professors might talk about Jesus when you go to college. Um, There might be good documentaries on Netflix, maybe. I mean, we go to a documentary for everything, don't we? Why not go there to see who Jesus is? Well, that's a good question. And I'm going to use a ridiculous example to illustrate my point. Okay, so the example's ridiculous, but the point's valid. So hang with me on this one. Um, And the point is, we can't really rely or trust on anything outside of the scriptures to determine who Jesus is. Now, here's the ridiculous example. Maybe you're somewhat familiar with a scene from an older comedy movie. I'm not going to tell you what movie, because I don't endorse the movie, but I've seen the scene. (laughs) I'm not endorsing it, but I'm using it as an illustration. There's a scene where the film's main characters are all sitting around a table, and they are trying to describe how they view Jesus. One character says they like to pray to baby Jesus because Christmas Jesus is their favorite Jesus. Another says they like to picture Jesus in one of those tuxedo t-shirts because Jesus is formal, like church is formal, but, you know, Jesus knows how to have fun too. Um, Another says, I picture Jesus in a rock band because he's cool. Um, Another says, I picture him as a ninja, and he fights off all these evil samurai. On and on it goes. I'm not making this up. This is actually in a movie. I'm not making this up. And this, of course, is complete nonsense. It's completely ridiculous. And it has nothing to do with who the real Jesus is. But I tell that to you because aren't we tempted when we don't have a source to go to? Aren't we tempted to fill in the blanks or try to custom mold Jesus into our image, into our preferences, into our prejudices, into our biases? I mean, if there's no trustworthy source, if there's no standard, then how are we supposed to evaluate amongst one another who Jesus is? It'd be impossible. But thank God he has given us a standard. God has given us a trustworthy source to show us who Jesus is. And it's contained right here. It's the Bible. It's the scriptures. The scriptures are God's word, and they tell us who Jesus is, what he has done, and why we should place our faith and trust in him, in him alone for salvation. The scriptures, the Bible, reveals to us God's unified plan for all of world history, you may not know that. Maybe you've never read through the Bible start to finish, but the Bible presents to us God's plan for world history. God's ultimate purpose is wound up in Jesus. It's in uniting all things in Him, things in heaven, things on earth. And the Bible's one book, but it's made up of 66 individual books, but they all tell one story. And this story, you could say, is split into four parts creation, fall, redemption and new creation. I'll break those down briefly. Creation. This is the story of how everything came to be. How did we get here? Where did we come from? How was everything created? And the Bible tells us that God is the creator of everything and everyone. Then we have the fall. Maybe you grew up in Sunday school or in church, and you heard the story of Adam and Eve. That's the fall. That's how man falls from grace, right, into sin, and sin enters the world, and it tells that story. Then the rest of the Bible from that moment, from Genesis 3 onward, when the fall is described onward, is about redemption. And we see these little seeds being planted the whole way of how God is going to redeem his creation. And then finally, when we look towards the end of the Bible, we see an account of the book of Revelation. We see new creation. And that's when God, um, in in his wisdom and his timing, is going to come and recreate everything, and it will be glorious. That's the story of the Bible. And so God's word here in the scriptures, it points forward to Jesus in the Old Testament, and it points back to Jesus in the New Testament. The Bible church is about Jesus. It's about him. In Luke 24, verses 44 through 48, um, there, there's, there's an account um, of Jesus. And he's talking to two he's talking to two guys, and they're confused. And he says to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Now, when Jesus says law of Moses, prophets and Psalms, that's talking about the Old Testament. And then it says, He opened up their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ and he's talking about himself, should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. So Jesus himself, in case anybody's ever wanting to try to Questioned you on a, Hey, well, well, how do you know, like, how do you know who Jesus is? Or how do you find that out? Jesus himself says that the scriptures are the place where his story is told. Jesus says that we ought to believe what the scriptures say about him and not anything else. So what do they say? What do they say about Jesus? Now I have to confess, time does not give me, I don't have enough time to, to list out every single Bible reference to Jesus Um, in the scriptures, because there's more than 1,300 of them. And that doesn't include references that have the word Lord, Christ, or Messiah. Just talking about Jesus Christ, there's 1,300 references in scripture. So I'm just going to give you a small sampling of what the scriptures say about Jesus. First, they tell us that Jesus is God and that he was involved in creation in the beginning. John 1, 1 through 1-5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's a lot more scripture coming. Hang with me, Okay. The Old Testament pointed to Jesus. Genesis 3, verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this we also see in the scriptures Jesus is the second person of the trinity Jesus is the son of god john 14 and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace, full of truth. Mark 1, 9-11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. We see the scriptures tell us Jesus is the Christ. John 11, 25-27, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Jesus is the Lamb of God, church. John 1.29, the next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is Lord, church. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Romans 14.9 says, for to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and of the living. Jesus saves, church, Amen. Jesus saves. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4, 12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. As you can see, church, that's a sample. There's 1,300 references. That's just a few. The scriptures have much to say about Jesus. They are the authority on who Jesus is, so that is why, as a church, we say we want to know Christ through the Scriptures, not through any other source, not through our own lens, not through our own ideas. We put on the lens of Scripture to see Jesus. Now, why is this a core value at Crossroads? Why is it essential for us to know Christ through the Scriptures? Well, a couple of reasons. As Christ followers and as God's people, we understand that a relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is the most important relationship in our lives. Without Christ, the Bible says we are dead in our sins and in our trespasses against God. Ephesians 2 1, it's not on the screen, don't worry. Uh, Ephesians 2 1, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins. Because remember, sin, the Bible says, It promises life. It promises something good to you, but it always betrays. It always betrays. It never lives up to its promise. Sin promises life and joy and all these things, but it actually brings death and separation from God. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But God made a way for us to be reconciled with him, church. God made a way for us to have our sins forgiven. Sin's a big problem, but God made a way where we can have our sins forgiven and we can have eternal life with him. And that's the back half of the previous verse I just read. Romans 6, 23, it says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus Christ is the way to have a life with God. The reason that we want to know Christ as a people, as a church, is because we want to be with him we want to become like him. We want to live like him. He, Jesus, is our only hope in life and death. And without this as a core value of our church, we may as well be just any kind of social club, any kind of hangout place, place for people to get together with no unifying purpose, no shared foundation of faith. Um, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an, a thought on that here in a minute. But without this as a core value, there's nothing that differentiates us as a church from any other kind of place where people just gather together. So, what are the ways we live out this core value here as a church at Crossroads? How do we do it? Well, first, we have a statement of faith. You can go to our website to read it. Um, it's it's listed on there in detail, and that statement of faith basically encompasses: Hey, these are the basic things that we believe as a church. Also. Um, as a church, because we don't believe that we necessarily invent everything new under the sun. Um, so we actually go back um, to the 300s uh, AD, and we find the Nicene Creed. And the Nicene Creed is one of the earliest, most universally accepted Christian statements of faith, and our church affirms the Nicene Creed. And it outlines the essentials of what it meant to followers of Jesus in the 300s, <laughs> what it meant to them um, to be a Christ follower. And so our church's statement of faith unites us around the essential beliefs of Christianity that Christians have held for thousands of years. And so we have that. Our statement of faith also protects our church against false teachings, against false teachings about Christ. And it keeps our understanding of reality grounded in the scriptures. Biblical preaching. It's kind of funny. The guy that's preaching is talking about preaching, right? No? We only allow those who teach what the Bible says about Jesus to preach here at Crossroads. Um, This church, by the way, is why we are extremely blessed, extremely blessed in the season that we find ourselves in to have so many great guest preachers available to us as a church. It's a great blessing that you don't have to hear me every week. (laughs) This is why our search team is looking for a pastor of teaching and vision, (laughs) But we're looking specifically for somebody who proclaims the Christ of the Scriptures. We have groups here at Crossroads. We have growth groups, we have communities, we have prayer groups, groups that are centered on prayer, we have courses that help you grow in your faith, and we have core groups, which are small groups of people that get together and meet organically um, to hold each other accountable and living for Jesus. Um, but we have all these groups, and I'm going to talk a lot more about groups next week, so I'm not going to talk too much right now, but we have these groups because we want these groups to help people together grow to know the Christ of the Scriptures. We have ministries here at at Crossroads. And the primary teaching ministries in our church, so that would be what's happening right now here on Sunday, (laughs) groups, courses, our Crossroads Kids Ministry, our Crossroads Students Ministry, they must align with the core value of knowing Christ through the scriptures. If they do not align with that, they will not be a ministry here at our church. Uh, That's how important. It is to us. If they are not teaching the Christ of the scriptures, then what are they teaching? So praise God that we have fantastic ministry leaders here at our church um, and group leaders and community leaders that are grounded in the scriptures and in the truth about who Jesus is. Praise God for them because they are going to be the ones um, that are on the front lines of the teaching ministries here in the church. And then lastly, spiritual formation. Um, you've, you've heard you 've heard it said here um, before at crossroads that we we really think spiritual formation is a very very important thing and, and it 's an important part of people walking with Jesus um, but I ask you, what are we going to form people into if it 's not the image of Christ based on what the scriptures say <laughs> so if we don 't have the core value of knowing Christ through the scriptures, then what are we forming people into well thankfully we use the scriptures as our basis and we use our core value. So we form people into the image of Jesus that we believe is our mission. A commitment to knowing Christ through the scriptures is the first and most important step to anybody's spiritual growth. And so now that we know why this is a core value and now that we know how our church is built upon this core value, what does that mean for us? You're sitting here and you're like, thank you for sharing a little bit about your church today, uh, Pastor Kyle, I appreciate it. But what does that have to do with me? How should we live knowing that this is a core value that we hold? What should we do to commit to knowing Christ through the scriptures and our lives together here as a family at Crossroads? I'll give you a, a couple ways. Number one, be present at Crossroads. You've just heard that we are building our church based upon this core value. (laughs) Um, Be present here. Attend Sunday service. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are all right here. Um, If you're online, um, thank you for attending online. (laughs) But attend Sunday service. Bring your family with you. Bring your friends with you. If you have children, parents, parents, I'm a parent too. If you have children, make sure they are participating in the ministries that we offer for, for kids and for students. So whether your kids are very young or whether they're middle schoolers or high schoolers, we have, a, a, we have an age-based ministry for them. It's our mission and our vision to partner with, not replace, partner with parents as they seek to disciple their kids in the way of Jesus. Show your kids, parents, the importance of knowing Christ through the scriptures. And one of the ways you can do that is you can prioritize their participation in the life of the church and in the life of the teaching ministries that are geared towards them. And parents, I just ask you as a bit of a challenge, if you're not prioritizing this in your child's life, what are you prioritizing? And is it what you want to prioritize? It's fine if you choose something different. But is that what you want? Is it what you want the most for your child or is it something lesser? And finally, why invite other people to church with you? Why do that? Well, you know what they're going you know what they're going to get. You know they're going to hear about Jesus. You know they're going to hear about the gospel. You know they're going to hear about what it means to be saved and to be made right with God. You know that the Jesus that they hear about will be the Christ of the scriptures and the Christ that the Bible talks about. Second, join a group. We have many different types of groups for you here at Crossroads. Many different types. They meet on different nights. They're composed of different people. They have different styles. They have people in different life stages in them. Pick one. Pick one. We're not asking you to pick three. Pick one. Go deep in that one group, join with other followers of Jesus to learn more about what it means to follow Jesus in everyday life. Our groups talk about a lot of stuff Monday through Saturday, okay? (laughs) Most of our groups actually break down the sermon from the previous Sunday, and they focus on application. There's only so much application we can talk about in this moment, but when you're in a group, whether that's in a living room or one of the ones that's hosted at one of our facilities, then you can actually get into the nitty-gritty of what it means to follow Jesus and how to live it out. This is good for you. (laughs) You might be scared to death of the idea of going to a group, but I'm telling you, it's good for you. And I'll be talking more about groups next week, so I'm going to move on. Third, spend time with God. I put this one last, not because it's least important, but because it's the most important. And I want it to land with us today. It's very difficult, you see, to have a healthy relationship with someone when you never spend time with them. You know this is true in everyday life, but it's also true spiritually. Spend time with God. In order to spend time with God, you have to prioritize. That's just out there on the front end. Like, I'm not trying to hide that backstage or anything. Like, it's, a, it's a priority. Like You have to choose. You have to decide if it's going to be important. And you have to prioritize, and you have to have margin. You have to have margin. You have to begin to live what I and others call an unhurried life. An unhurried life. Dallas Willard, um, theologian, he has a quote. He says, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life of our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And I think he's right. You have to prioritize and say no to most things, so that you can say yes to the things that actually matter. This is the way of Jesus Christ. Commit to knowing Christ by spending time in his word, um, just by reading the Bible. If you, don't know, if you don't know where to start, ask somebody today where to start. There's a there's, there's hundred people in here and they can give you a hundred really good places to start in reading your Bible. If you don't want to ask any of them, come ask me. I'll, I'll, if there's a line, wait in line, I'll, I'll give you an answer. It's fine. Um, but commit to knowing Christ by spending time in his word. Read, read his word. Commit to knowing him by talking to him and by listening to him. And by the way, talking to God and listening to God, there's a really fancy name for that, and it's called prayer. It's called prayer. Jesus says in Matthew 7, verse 7 through 11, he says, Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, receives finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, Jesus doesn't mince words there. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Praying to God is not something that should be intimidating or cause great anxiety or fear. He says he is ready to listen. His ear is bent towards us. God desires for us to know him and to be in relationship with him forever. That's why he created you. (laughs) Because when you know him and you're in relationship with him, you will give him glory. God delights it when we come to him. Not because he needs us to, he doesn't need anything from us, but because he wants us. He loves us that much. So, allow me to read again from our website about our first core value. It says, We are a community of people learning to be with Jesus and become like Jesus in the everyday realities of life. We believe that the deepest desires of the human heart and our city can only be satisfied. In a transformational encounter with Jesus Christ, therefore, we will work to ensure that we know, believe, and apply what Jesus taught and accomplished. Church, we're going to do something a little bit different today. So, um, to close out our, our sermon time and our message time, so if you will, please please bow your heads, close your eyes. If you if you'll honor me in that, bow your heads and close your eyes. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want you to ask yourself in your life about the last sentence of our core value. Are you intentionally, in the everyday moments of life, Monday through Sunday, working to ensure that you know, believe, and apply what Jesus taught and accomplished? Be honest with yourself in this moment. Is knowing Christ through the scriptures one of the core values for your life? Frankly, this is the most important question you could possibly ask of yourself. So take a moment. Think about it. You heard that today, without Christ, the scriptures say you are dead in your trespasses and sins. This means that you are unable to save yourself from the coming wrath of God towards sin. That's the bad news. But the good news is that God has made a way for you to come to him. And the scriptures tell us over and over again that Jesus is that way. Have you laid down your sins at his feet? Have you let go of your will and your way of doing things? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you placed your faith in him alone? Him alone for salvation and for eternal life. Maybe you've done that many years ago. Maybe you've done that recently. Or maybe in this moment, you realize that you've never repented of your sin. You've never trusted in Christ. If you're in one of the first two groups, take this moment right now, right where you are, heads bowed, eyes closed, to thank God for saving you. And if you're in the last group, I just want you to hear the grace of Jesus is available for you today, right now, in this moment. You can turn away from your sin and you can trust in Jesus to save you. His gift of eternal life is free for you because he paid for it already on the cross. You just have to receive it. If you're here today and you want to turn away from your sins and begin to follow Jesus, you can express that to him in a prayer from your heart, right where you are. You can say something like, God, I know I'm a sinner and there's nothing I can do to save myself. I know that I deserve the consequences of my sin. However, I'm trusting in your son, Jesus Christ, as my Savior. I believe that his life, his death, and his resurrection provided for my forgiveness. Jesus is Lord, and I believe with all my heart that you raised him from the dead. I want Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of my sins and save me. By faith, I gratefully receive your gift of salvation and eternal life. Transform my mind and heart into the image of your son, Jesus. I want to live for you. I thank you for my salvation. In Jesus' name, Amen.